0: from the capital of the commonwealth this is the sports huddle with bob black on 1061 espn we're also streaming live at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio radio app call in and talk with bob anytime at 3270888 now here's bob black with the sports huddle on 1061 espn
1: Second hour underway on a uh, I'm looking out the window right now. Pretty cloudy, windswept Tuesday afternoon. It looks like a storm might be a brewing and more rain on the way um, for tomorrow. But first things first, we get through the 5 o'clock hour of the sports auto. We're actually taking you up to Braves baseball tonight. Uh, 6.40 first pitch time in Philly. I love that, by the way. Having been up there uh, for a game in Philadelphia, they moved their, uh, I think I talked about this, they moved their weeknight games, like Monday to Thursday, to 6.40 starts instead of the traditional 7.05 or even later than that, 7.30. But the 6.40 start is great, especially with the new, all kidding aside, faster pace of play in Major League Baseball. Those games are done by you know, 9, 9.15 or so, which is not an unreasonable time to finish up a game. Even if you've got kids and whatnot going to the ballpark, that's real, especially in the summertime, that's not too bad. I think they still play Friday and Saturday, night, at least Friday night a little later, Saturday night maybe. But uh, the 6.40 start time, pretty good. So that means 6.25 airtime tonight for Braves and Phillies. I think I read somewhere where this is the the, the last meeting until September between these two National League East rivals. Remember, now they've got more of a balanced schedule. They don't call it a balanced schedule in Major League Baseball, but they're not playing their division opponents the ungodly number of times that they used to, like 20 or 30 times a season, uh, because now you're playing everybody. You're not just playing one other division in the other league. You're playing all three at least once. Um, So it does cut down a little bit, Matt Joseph, I hope you're listening, on the rivalries like the Phillies and the Braves. It obviously didn't cut down on the Yankees and the Red Sox because we had them back-to-back weekends. And I did see Matt tweet about this, and I couldn't agree with him more. Shame on ESPN for putting Red Sox-Yankees on back-to-back Sunday nights. You know, they don't do as much baseball as they used to do. And to not spread that out a little bit, A.J. mentioned earlier the Giants-Dodgers, great rivalry. They played Sunday night. They could have put that game on. They had... um, Padres and Astros, maybe that would have been quality baseball as well. I know it's not New York and Boston, but to have the Red Sox and Yankees on back-to-back weekends on the Sunday night game—that uh, you know, you're you're really begging for ratings when you're doing something like that. I mean, I know there are network and all, but I that, that wasn't very cool. I didn't think. Anyway, all right. So that that's a little on the baseball front, but anyway, we've got Braves and Phils. It's first of a three-game series. In Philadelphia, uh, Braves have been hot. Phillies have been hot. We'll see if the Phillies are back in there for real. It's kind of what they did last year where they were bad in April and May, and then they took off in June, and they've done the same thing again. They're still eight games back of the Braves because the Braves don't lose right now either. And they got Spencer Strider going on the mound tonight, Rangers Suarez for Philly. Again, pregame 625, first pitch 640 from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. All right, 505. Sports out of Bob Blackwith here. AJ there producing uh, in our ESPN Richmond studios. So we touched on this, AJ, just before we went to the top of the hour break. You were right, Nuggets in five. I'll give you credit for that. It's not like the rest of us were wrong. Most of us were picking the other than Robert Ole, our resident Miami fan. But the rest of us were picking Nuggets. I had them in, in six. So. So give me your um, give me your overall take on Nuggets and five was the whole thing perfect for Denver because you picked it in five games and they did exactly what you thought they were going to do. I'm gonna
2: try and not uh, say too much and get my boy Robert all fired up or whatever. Um, it went it went pretty much exactly the way I thought it would. I don't normally call. I'm not just talking about the games. I'm talking about just the the way the entire series went. Wasn't shocked. The only thing I was a little surprised about was Aaron Gordon doing 10 times better than even what he's been doing in these playoffs. And Porter sort of not showing up. But outside of that, it went pretty much how I thought it would. Oh, yeah. and Bam. Bam really showed me something in the finals. I was very impressed with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would... Agree with what you said. I mean, it, it. I thought I thought Miami would have gotten one more out of it, just because of the way they had played in the playoffs. I thought they had that ability to do so. So, I may have a little surprised by that. But I, I think the team that you know, I, an old coach of mine used to say it all the time: the team that won the game deserved to win the game. And I think in this case, the team that won the series deserved to win the series. Right? I
2: think so. It was funny because uh, Matt had brought it up the next day that there was talk that they had a cupcake run to the finals and that there was talk of that and it it was a little bit of weirdness in the first day but after that that died down anybody that's been watching this uh denver's just that tough but i guess until they beat
1: milwaukee will they not get the credit they deserve see i don't care about that in the playoffs if you're a playoff team i know you can still be mediocre you could still be under 500 in the nba but in the playoffs i don't care about that all i want to do is win I don't care who the opponent is. Cupcake, hard. You know, what Miami went through was hard. Denver maybe was less. I, I don't care. Show me the ring, baby. That's all I want. At the end is the ring. Now, in the regular season, you could say that. And for college basketball teams that schedule soft in in November and December, I think you can say that with some legitimacy. And, you know, maybe Denver had a two-week stretch where they played all Cupcake. I get that. Nah. But I'm telling you, A.J., in the postseason – I don't care who's on the other bench. I'm just winning games.
2: Bill Simmons himself said they would have the Boston would have got creamed if they went. Miami was tough, so I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about cupcakes. The Lakers and the Suns were the best teams in the uh, in in their conference, and they played both of those. So I don't want to mm-hmm. hear it.
1: All right, I'm not a big cupcake guy anyway, so that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, back to food we go. Um, the Wizards trade. Give, give me a little bit we're gonna talk with dave press and i'll mention that here in a couple minutes from WTOP sports in, in dc we'll, we'll get into it hot and heavy at 5 30 but give, give me kind of your your take here on beal not only beal leaving the wizards but chris paul and his shock at being traded and uh, finding out from his son on an airplane and where he's actually really going to wind up and I don't think that's going to be in a Wizards uniform, is it?
2: No, no, I'm with you and and I don't buy the Chris Paul being shocked either to be <laughs> honest with you. I yeah. think I think there's other stuff coming. I think uh in the draft you're going to see something. There's a lot of talk about Paul going to the Spurs. As for huh. Beal, the Beal being a number 3 on a team is interesting, but are the Suns even going to have enough off the bench? I'm I'd be concerned. As for Washington, Yo, I, I I don't know. I can, I couldn't tell you anything about Washington and what, what they hope to do, except they have a lot of good role players. Uh, Kuzma was great. They got a lot of little guys there that if they can bring a one-two punch somehow, it, it, it could be an interesting little sneaky team.
1: They're kind of getting panned for the way they've handled this whole field thing, aren't they?
2: Well, I mean if we're talking if we're grading this on the last 5 years, yes, guaranteed. no trade costs? come yeah. on. He's the what, the third or the or no, I'm sorry, the fourth or the fifth highest paid player in the NF in the NBA, that's insane.
1: Yeah, that's not a great look for them.
2: And they did it with them. Wall and they sort of did yeah. it with Arena. It's just dude, Washington, Washington making decisions and is never good in the NFL <laughs> and it's just never good.
1: <laughs> Might be getting better. In the NFL, I mean, Josh Harris about to own that team. Done pretty well with the ownership of the Sixers and and Jersey and the NHL, and he's buying into Joe Gibbs Racing. That's a savvy move. I don't know much about it, to be honest with you, but to to connect with Joe Gibbs, that's a pretty smart first move as owner of the Washington, formerly known as Redskins, commander. So your,
2: your Philly brother disagreed. He tore into him today.
1: Why? Because he he's part of Joe Grib- Gibbs Racing.
2: Cause, cause, me and Matt love Chinatown. That's why.
1: <laughs> what the heck does
2: that mean? He's he's trying to move this. Oh, a I the Sixers Arena, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, Matt- believe me, I've been I've been staying up to speed. I read the Philly paper every day, and was just up there and walked through that area a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm with you on that. So he doesn't think the arena should be built and mess up Chinatown either. Well,
2: Matt? 100% that and it doesn't need to move. But just in general, he thinks that he is a flashy owner trying to buy up everything. Buying rivals is something you shouldn't do. I Matt was Matt, Matt gave it a good 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> Well then, I won't. You know, I you know I usually do like to listen to Matt before my show because it gives me some great content, <laughs> one way or the other. But I didn't get the opportunity today because I was out at the, the event at the the Henrico Event Center, so I did not hear Matt's show uh, today. So I'll, I'll take your word, take your word for it. I, I, I agree with the sake.
2: I agree with the sake.
1: I get all that, but I think it was a savvy move to connect himself with Joe Gibbs Racing. I mean, the face of the Washington football franchise is Joe Gibbs. Come on, for the most part, with multiple Super Bowl trophies. So why not? I mean, you're not wrong either. Oh, I'm wrong. There'll be some way that I'm wrong. And listen, you mentioned Chris Paul to San Antonio. Is yeah. he like is he like just practicing his lob passes to the rim or he's gonna have twenty assists a game on that, isn't he?
2: Um, that might be all he's got in him, man. Yeah, he, I mean that's all he, he's I, gotta do. I'm thinking I'm thinking uh Jason Kidd on those Nets teams back in the day could be a, an interesting look. I think the Spurs will need one more piece in order to make something happen, but uh, it could be interesting. And then what about Dame to Miami? Uh, or, yeah. That's a big talk, too, which yeah. I really want that for Rob. He deserves he it. He wants
1: that, doesn't he? Uh,
2: he we've, we've talked about it. I think it, I could be wrong, but I think he called that that could be a possible destination. I think I let it wash. This was like months ago when he called it. I let that wash over because when Rob talks about the heat, I kind of have to. He's so smart, but when it comes to the heat, he's a little biased.
1: Yes, he is. Wow, you're really kind of kissing up to him a little bit. There, no, no, no. Good no. for you. I'm, I'm sort of you. just
2: looking out for my boy. It was a, that, it was a
1: tough loss. That's how you get places in this business. So keep doing it, man. Keep going. Um, but so, so we alluded to the draft a little, which you'll hear here on one oh six one ESPN Thursday night. So Victor Wembanyama arrives in the United States last night. I guess it probably. Was. I love that story, by the way, on so many levels, like. He's 19 years old, and he's coming to the United States, and he's just so naive. Like, you know, the plane lands in Newark, and there are people, fans actually waiting for him. And he's like, I don't know how they knew what flight I was on, but it's fun. Like, how naive of a 19-year-old is that? Really? Like, we can find out anything in this country in this day and age. Did he not think they were going to know he was coming in on that flight? Come on.
2: I think it says a lot about Victor. Victor. And a lot about us as a culture in America.
1: Oh, yes, <laughs> I agree. I, I do, but I just, I, I, just thought it was funny, like naive, funny. It's about to change for him in a, in a big way. Like, first of all, let me ask you this question. Well, I guess the, he's not officially on the Spurs yet, right? I mean, they haven't picked him, right? It would be the biggest upset in in. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, now not my, technically. My, my, now, my my point was going to be, couldn't they have just flown him over in a private plane? But I guess he's not theirs yet, so there's really no reason for him to do that. So he was, I, it sounds like he was on a commercial plane, you know, into Newark and just walking through the terminal. One of the stories I read was like, well, he had a duck underneath some of those airport signs because <laughs> he's seven foot five. Well, did you but, see
2: where Pop signed an extension? He's like oh, 175. So well, if that doesn't tell you he's, uh, yeah. he's trapped out on the world, this will make will.
1: him a little younger age. That, that'll make him. Uh, He'll feel a little younger. Than oh yeah, that. He'll, he's yeah. gonna spring back real quick. He had pretty good success with Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I think he could have success here.
2: I'm excited for the Spurs to be relevant.
1: Again. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything against San Antonio, so that would be, that would be okay. And when they were good, they were really, really good, and they had, you know, really star players. So we'll see. Uh, so who's the number two pick? Oh,
2: it's. I mean, I had this like three weeks ago, and now everyone's jumping on it. But I think it's Scoot.
1: Yeah. I was, I was reading about him today, actually.
2: Scoot's amazing. I think Brandon Miller is also someone who, it could get weird. Like, if, if if Wimbiyama doesn't get drafted, which is stupid to say, it would be Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller has a lot to offer a team.
1: Um, So the Hornets have the number two, right? The now Michael Jordan-less Hornets, right? Yes. Are about to be?
2: Yes, yes to both.
1: Yeah, that, that could change some things. Also. Yeah,
2: Mello and Scoot together could be interesting. Yeah.
1: Could, could be. All right. NBA Draft Thursday night here on 1061 ESPN. Here's what's on 1061 ESPN for the next 45 minutes
0: on the Sports Auto. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines.
1: Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air can save up to 30 percent check them out online at jamesriverair.com uh dave preston from wtlp joins us at five we'll talk more about the uh, washington wizards the bradley beale trade what's coming next for them chris paul all of that, plus uh, Commander's Talk. We might get into that a little bit with Josh Harris and Joe Gibbs Racing and the sale of the franchise and get ready for training camp. We'll do all that, and some Nationals um, stuff. They're pretty much right where we thought they would be now. I think there was a point earlier in the year we thought, hey, maybe they're overachieving, overachieving a little bit. But I, I think at this point they're about where we thought they'd be. They're like, what, 18 and a half games out of first place, 11 and a half out of the wild card. I mean, they're just playing playing for next year, playing for individual stats. That's one team that could give Matt Joseph's credence for his argument about why would you go see anybody that's that bad play, you know. Um, But there are some good individual talent on that team. So anyway, um, we'll talk a little bit about the Nats also. So Dave Preston joins us at 530. We're wide open beyond that, 804-327-0888 on the sports huddle getting it back going again we're at independence golf club tomorrow afternoon i would say weather permitting but i know that we will either be indoors or out on the covered patio so i think we're going to be there one way or the other um thursday's an off day because of the braves game in the afternoon and
0: then back at it friday let's
1: get a break in here Five seventeen on the sports huddle 1061
0: espn the diamond and we've got the action live every atlanta braves broadcast is here on your home for the atlanta braves 1061 espn richmond
1: well 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 we spend a few minutes talking nba the association and the chip and the bat phone lights up and there he is He is Bruce, and he's with us on a Tuesday afternoon. Good evening, Bruce. How are you?
3: Is that Bob? It is after five. So good evening, sir. I know, Bob, that you enjoyed your brief hiatus. Uh, I hope you had some time to kick your feet up and uh, just enjoy some beverages.
1: Kick them up, put them in the sand, and tip some beverages. You nailed it, Bruce. Bruce.
3: That's what's up. Bob, I want to sort of throw a name out to you, man. And so when we talk the association, there's a lot of hoop, and pun intended, there's a lot of hoopla around, you know, this upcoming draft. But uh, there was a, a great talent at John Marshall University some years back in the name of Isaiah Todd that was included in the trade for Bradley Beal out to Phoenix. And so Isaiah played a couple of games near the end of the season. He played mostly, of course, in the G League, but he did play a couple of games near the end of the season for the Wizards, and now he's being moved to Phoenix. And I believe Bradley probably requested. You know, I'm sure the numbers had to work, but maybe Bradley sees him as a young guy that he can mentor. And maybe you you just never know what's going on in Phoenix where Isaiah may actually get some runs out there. Um, I know Coach Vogel is a very defensive-minded coach, and, and maybe Isaiah can bring some of that to the mix. And, I, of course, I'm speaking hypothetically.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he was in Richmond, right, and and played at, at John Marshall and, I, and was on that AAU team, I'm sure, right, that team-loaded team, right?
3: Correct.
1: Yeah. All right. So there's You're there's a local twist to, to the whole. Correct. Yeah. So there's your local twist to the whole deal, huh?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and Bob, I would I would be remiss if I did not talk about my forecasts and predictions. Whoa did I did I put my foot in it? But uh, with the association this year, you know, I'm an East Coast loyal loyalist. And so I'm a 76ers fan to the end. So, you know, sometimes you just get swayed because of that fandom that you just stick with your team. And, and, but I've always been a fan of what's happening in, in Denver and that young core uh, of talent in Denver. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, congratulations to the Nuggets. That's a young group of talent. That's going to be formable for years. Uh, and I see what they're doing in Phoenix and, of course, in other squads trying to build. And as we move quickly to the MLB, I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. We uh, don't get to say that a lot, but we're three games above 500 as of today.
1: I was waiting for that from you with open arms, Bruce. They've won nine in a row and they're kind of the talk of major league baseball right now and take a picture of your your take a screenshot of the standings cuz they're in first place man you got a first place team
3: 3 games above 500 that's exactly right
1: pretty crazy pretty so, crazy yeah, what they've done
3: it it really is Bob it really is and that's a real young core of talent yes. in Cincinnati. And now we have an arm that we can pull out of the bullpen to close out games. And we have good betting. And we have good steel. And, you know, we brought back an old talent yesterday. Uh, so Cincinnati is, is a team to be on the lookout for. I'm, I'm actually at a Wawa trying to get me some baseball cards.
1: <laughs> That's the place to do it. I love you for that, Bruce. Go, go get your baseball cards. Unfortunately, they don't come with that stick of gum anymore. But go get some cards and I hope you have some of your favorite Cincinnati Reds in there.
3: And and let me leave you with this great job by our friend Dennis Big Meyer, what they're doing in Henrico County. I heard the entire interview earlier, but just a great job by our good buddy Mr. Big Meyer. He
1: he and his team are rolling right now and Hopefully they stay on point and on schedule, and that's going to be a great event center up there at Virginia Center Commons. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, There goes Bruce on a Tuesday afternoon variety of topics with Bruce. I like that, and he owned up to it. He had picked the Sixers all along, and that didn't happen, and he stayed in the East and picked the Heat, and that didn't happen. But kudos to Denver. They're going to be back for several more years. Make no mistake about that. And good for his Cincinnati Reds. They're a fun team to watch. I was able to catch them a little bit while I was away last week. And they got some good young talent. And they're in a terrible division. So, you know, Milwaukee would be the team to look out for in the NL Central. But could be a year of the Reds at a few games over 500 Could could sneak their way into the postseason. Again, that's a good thing. Cincinnati is a good, good baseball town. Washington, D.C. can be a good baseball town when the Nationals are good, which they're not right now. But there's a glimmer of hope on the future for the Nats. We're going to talk about that, plus the Bradley Beal trade and much more. Commander's talk as well. Dave Preston from WTOP Radio Sports up there in D.C. He joins us when we get to the bottom of the hour, which is coming up in just a few minutes. So don't go away. Keep it tuned right here Sports Auto 1061 ESPN.
0: He loves sports. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he knows he's smarter than any owner, coach, or ref in the league. Matt Josephs is live three to four weekday afternoons on 106.1 ESPN Richmond.
1: Just past the bottom of the hour, 5.31 or so, Tuesday Sports Huddle. Bob Black with you here, AJ producing in our ESPN Richmond studios. And we welcome back to our program and our airwaves, Dave Preston from WTOP Radio Sports up there in the nation's capital. Dave, how you been?
4: I'm doing well, Bob. How are you today?
1: Doing fine, thanks. Variety of topics for us this afternoon since we haven't connected in a while. And I guess I would start with the nba news and the bradley beal trade that i'm guessing has dominated your sports headlines over the past 24 to 48 hours uh, what happened here from the wizards perspective dave i'm reading a lot and seeing a lot on, on the phoenix situation obviously and getting beal and losing chris paul and all of that but how about from you know what the wizards wound up doing here it doesn't look great does it
4: well, I, I think what what happened was, uh, and you can't go back in time. Unfortunately, there's no plutonium at the drugstore, so to speak. They made a bad deal a few years ago, a deal that with the no trade clause, with the max deal for a guy who's not. Technically, a max player, but a very good one he 's not a great player that you build your roster around they 've been they 've had this albatross around their necks for the last couple of uh, years basically and If you want to build a contender, you kind of have to clean the decks and you 're going to have to tear down before you build back up and i I think the new management realized after taking a look at things and seeing what the roster was like, checking out the cap uh, contracts and, and things of that vein and future picks. They realize that they could not rebuild on the fly. It's not like the Capitals, per se, where you have an old core that has succeeded, that has a Hall of Fame player guaranteed in the mix, and some other guys who might be headed to the Hall as well. They aren't the slam dunks that that Ovi is. But the Capitals are a team where you can try to rebuild on the fly. You might not be able to. You definitely can't rebuild and revamp this Wizards roster on the fly and turn it into a let's be honest a final four uh team in the NBA playoffs. The Wiz haven't made the conference finals since 1979. They haven't won 50 games since that season. That's about seven lifetimes. I mean, you have it's 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 in a in a league where you're not, you know, it's not generated to you know, turn teams into 50 and 60 win, you know, clubs or to, you know, it's it's not the parody that the NFL is, but you have to be able to, you think over the span of 40 years, you'd get to 50 wins or a conference final at least once. The Wiz haven't. If they want to get there, they can't do so with the contract of Bradley Beal. And that's why they've decided to move on.
1: And look, th- this has been coming for some time now. Obviously they, they cleaned house in the front office, right? They got new people there and they're kind of blowing this thing up. I saw one one report, Dave, would you agree the Wizards could be competing for the first pick in next year's NBA draft? Is it that much of a blowup?
4: up and they easily, easily they could be uh, cuz and I I don't think they're nobody tries to lose, so to speak, hmm. but I think teams Try to be competitive at different levels, and I think there's one thing—they're not, you know, intentionally missing shots or calling, or they're not going to have Wes Sunsell Jr., you know, call you know plays that you know they throw the ball out of bounds or whatever. But I think you're going to see some very young lineups uh, in in stretches. You're going to see this team, you know, it, it not play a full. 48 of awesome basketball. You're going to see guys, you know, that's where load management comes in. Uh, you know, your top two or three guys, they don't play on a series or on a weekend or, you know, things of that vein. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the mix for the number one pick next year. Um, it's uh, A lot, uh, you know, is going to happen in the next uh, couple of days, couple of weeks. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, you know, opting out of his player option. And uh, who knows what's going to go on with Kristaps Porzingis. Who knows who they're gonna? The Wizards are gonna take with the number eight pick. You're not gonna get, you know, a surefire, you know, awesome player. Um, you never know who you get. There have been Hall of Famers who have been drafted at eight and beyond, but there's no guarantee you're gonna get somebody great. But the tea leaves read that this team is going to get worse before it gets better. Thirty-five wins, a little bit worse than that is, yeah, twenty. I wouldn't be surprised to see this team win twenty to twenty-five games next year if things go on a certain course.
1: Ugh! Wow this this sounds a little bit more like the the Washington Nationals than anything else. That, that's tough on that fan base. And you guys covering them and gals covering them for that matter, but it does kind of sound a little bit like that, doesn't it?
4: And yeah, and we don't even have the Washington Castles and World Team Tennis to lift our spirits this summer. <laughs> I mean, gosh, what's the problem with this world? <laughs> I, I but I I think the savvy Wizards fans will prefer this than to the Running it back, thirty-five wins, thirty wins. Bradley Beal doesn't play a full eighty-two. You, you know, your your prime players are only together in the same lineup for thirty-five games. And even so, you know the the quote-unquote mid-sized three, as people are calling them, you know, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Beal. Even when they were together, they went sixteen and nineteen. So it's you know what are you what, what what are you trying to you know salvage here? It's you know it's it's like a mediocre band that you want to get one more album out of. Well, you know, really, what what what's, what songs did you like from this from this group this past year? They they didn't have a lot of hits. You know, as the A and R guy says, I, you know, I don't hear a single there. And so I think they, they, I think while a lot of fans are, will be upset and maybe they might be a laughing stock, you know, to the. To the fan who who's just hey I want my it's it's easy to win and what have you but the knowledgeable fans who know what it's like to build a contender or who have an idea will say you know what this you got to build this thing the right way you got to try to construct this team you know in the correct manner which they tried to do 10 years ago and it, just because you try to do something like this it's not going to work out all the time just because a Houston Astros team and even an Orioles team more recently even though they 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 tanked their way back into what is now contention and a championship for the Astros. There's no guarantee that that, that, that road's going to lead you back to a championship for the Nationals or for the Wizards. But it, it's 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 the move that you have to make because the opposite of love is apathy. And 35 win season after 35 win season, Bob, you're going to get apathy and nobody coming to these games.
1: Absolutely and little to no chance that Chris Paul will ever don a Washington uniform, huh? No, you
4: know, I was also to get a – the thing is, I was thinking about getting a Chris Paul Wizards tattoo, <laughs> but the, you know, it's only available by appointment, and I refuse to do walk-ins. So, you know, I, I, I think by the time if, my, if I, my appointment still holds and I'm able to get in, I, I he'll be gone by that time. You're, you're right. I think he goes out of the Lakers, the Clippers, maybe the Knicks. He's going to get spun around. it. Was it Kirk Heinrich who was with the Wiz for you know all of seven minutes or something like that at one point? This, this is these you hate to turn these players into commodities because you, you learn that Chris Paul uh, learned that he was being traded uh, from his son, you know, via text, um, and you know I guess Isaiah Thomas wanted him out there. There's there's a guy you know, Phoenix Suns buyer beware. Isaiah didn't just ruin the Knicks as a team. He didn't just ruin that whole company, the the, the whole you know MSG thing. He also bankrupted the uh, Continental Basketball Association. He's responsible for the downfall of a league. Phoenix Suns. You might not want to listen to him, but uh, but back to my point. These players, you hate to think of them as commodities, but in effect, their contracts are, their roster spots are, and you know the team. You you've got to you know you're, you're trading pieces for pieces you're trying to buy low and sell high and you know with bradley bill you're taking 15 cents on the dollar but you're getting rid of you know this huge you know weight that's going to be over your head for the next couple of years and uh, with chris paul i think they try to spin him for some picks or from assets as you know the, the the basketball writers call these guys i don't think that's i don't believe in any other sport they call players assets with the exception of the nba but i think that's what they got to do and if you buy yourself a Chris Paul shirt uh, this week, shame on you.
1: <laughs> he, he's Dave Preston from WTOP up there in DC, talking some uh, some DC sports. So let, let's move on a little bit. So, so Josh Harris is now hitching his wagon with Joe Gibbs Racing, isn't he? We're trying to put right. a winner together here, Dave. Yeah, and I,
4: it, this is an interesting uh, situation because he's he, he's he's buying into Gibbs Racing. Gibbs is buying into you know his uh, holding company that has nothing to do with the you know burgundy and gold. You would think that if you were to get Gibbs you would bring him in for this. It's almost like Notre Dame joining the ACC or you know the ACC bringing in Notre Dame and you know sharing every other sport with the exception of the one sport you'd want them to. I I'm surprised that Gibbs is not in with this you know new commanders you know, fran- you know franchise buying group on some level at this time. But uh you know Joe Gibbs is you know, a very bright guy. He, uh, I remember hearing a story that I think it was on ESPN's Broke, which is a great documentary. If anyone's listening, you know, if you haven't if you haven't seen it out there, you know, people who are listening, check it out. It's a fantastic, you know, ESPN thirty for thirty. But Gibbs admitted that he got into a like, some sort of limited partnership way back when in the early '80s, and the reason why he kept coaching as long as he did, he wanted to leave like after '87 or '88. But he kept he kept with it because he, 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 uh, I believe uh, he and maybe his he and his family were sunk into this partnership. But they need to, to get out from under this uh, you know thing. But Joe's uh, made a mint in auto racing. He's uh, you know he's uh, probably you could make the case of him being the best coach of all time in the NFL, winning three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Um, say you know whatever you say about George Allen. You know, he got the he helped get the program going along with Vince Lombardi a little bit at the beginning. But Joe Gibbs is the guy who brought home Super Bowl championships uh, to RFK Stadium in the DC metro area. And if he were to find a way to be back in this Commanders group, it would be the home run of home runs. And I know that we're talking football and not baseball, but it would be the ultimate move. Could you imagine if somehow he were to be a part of the Commanders ownership group? This fall, week one, and you've got the new ownership. You've got, yes, Magic Johnson smiling, but then you bring back Joe Gibbs, and he is a partner in this franchise moving forward. The fan base is going to absolutely, there, there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard feelings will be washed away, and there will be a lot of love for this franchise. You know, Even if the uniforms are ugly and the Comic Commanders song is awful, you're going to get a lot of love for this franchise if Gibbs finds his way back into the owner's box.
1: Yeah, you're kind of leading me into that. I mean, we all expect this sale to go through before training camp begins. Do you expect that kind of feel, vibe, look to be that different when they gather in August to get ready for the season?
4: I think so, but I think it's very easy to make missteps and make errors. One error would be as if uh, the new group dismisses. getting. The group has to do a lot of different things. One is – Uh, You know, really, they they, they have to court the area. They have to court the fan base. They have to make it, at least, if they're not trying, they have to make it appear as though they are doing everything possible to get back to the RFK site or some site in D.C. that's easier to get to. RFK site also has great memories. You know, even though it was Jack Cook who got them out of here, people associate FedEx Field with Dan Snyder. And his ownership, and their missteps, and all the idiot and the bad, the stale peanuts, and all this other garbage, and the sewage pipes—you know, blasting—you know, on uh, on on fans in different sections. So that's that's one thing. They, they, there has to be a commitment to hey, we're going to try to get back to RFK. There also has to be a commitment to where the the king or queen reigns while the prime minister rules. The the front office of the commanders moving forward. Has to be in charge, not semi-in charge, with the owner sneaking in his influence, making picks from his yacht, allowing players to walk past the coach's office to his office to complain. Uh, you know, cater to uh, you know uh, quarterbacks' fathers and stuff like that. So the, the, those, those are two things right there. And I think three, you need the on-field, uh, um, the, the on-field uh, guest service. To really up their game this fall, I think you know, the the product on the field's bad. Uh, it has been bad for 20 years, but also just the game day experience. From what I've heard from everyone, it's it's not. Awesome. And you need you need to win these people back with that. And I think if if they're able to do that with a new owner, that's not Dan Snyder, that's the best thing that these guys have going for them. Mm -hmm. And let's see what they can do moving forward. For all we know, Josh you know Harris is just a little bit better than Dan Snyder. But we know that he's not him and he's better and he deserves, you know, a chance. Uh, You know, he he deserves, uh, you know, uh, I guess the, the benefit of the doubt from the area. And if it's a new commander's ownership starting, you know, uh, Labor Day weekend and the week after with the season opener, I think you're going to see a lot of optimism until this group gives them reason not to.
1: Finish up with you, Dave Preston, uh, this afternoon with us from WTOP in in D.C. Anything new on the Nationals front? I mean, I think last time we talked to you there was a glimmer of hope that they were competitive, playing a little bit better than we thought, but now it looks like they're, they're kind of about, you know, I hate to borrow that old, that old, Cliche there, Dave, but we are who we thought they'd be.
4: Teams find their own water over 162 <laughs> games. I, I, you know, I mean, Bob, I think that, that's that's the beauty of baseball, as opposed to the NFL, where it's 17 snapshots, or even the NBA. It's you know, there's more definition in the NBA and the NHL with 80 and 82, but you have 162 games so there's more definition it, 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 it's a picture with a lot more definition and for the with the exception of the miami marlins who mm-hmm. despite having one of the worst run differentials in the league entering this week 10 games over 500 for the first time since 2011 you'll have an occasional aberration like that but for the most part you play to how good or how bad you are right now this is a team that has to scrape for runs they're near the bottom of the league and uh, they're near the bottom of the majors and homers so you do so you see instead of one or two hits to create runs, you need three or four. And so uh, you know, pitching has not been great. Josiah Gray's hit a, a real June swoon. He was he had an ERA under three, I think, for the each of the first two months. It's over six right now. He gave up a couple homers last night after being in good shape. The bats come and go like they did yesterday. Uh, and what what I was at uh, covered yesterday's game for WTOP. What was discouraging. To me, on some level, yes, they're aggressive, but they had They had big run, innings, first and second inning. Uh, I think three in the first, two in the second, or vice versa. And they wound up running their way out of innings. Uh, Garcia got uh, you know tried to stretch a single into a double, got tagged out. Dickerson tried to go to third, got tagged out as well. And so you know, taking runs off the board—a chance they could have. Uh, right, they could have sent Jack Flair to the showers instead. He settles down, and the Nats wind up losing. So it, it's it's a long season. We're gonna hopefully see some prospects by you know after the trading deadline. Maybe they can move some of these guys, uh, you know, for prospects at some point. It's not gonna be the haul that it has been in previous years because they don't have the Sotos, the Turners that can bring in uh, prime players. But I think we're gonna see some of the guys from those trades come up in September and. You know that at least is encouraging. I think they've bought, I think they've reached the bottom of, of their crater, so to speak, and they're gonna they're in the process of making their way back up. Whereas we've talked about the Wizards, they're a team that they've yet to find their true zero. Yeah.
1: We've got the uh, Harrisburg Senators in town this week, in fact, to play the Richmond Flying Squirrels. I'm going to try and get out there one night and take a look at some of those prospects you were talking about for the uh, for the Washington Nationals. Dave, thanks as always. Always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll catch up again during the summer. Hey, my pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Dave. Dave Preston from WTOP Radio Sports up there in D.C. Uh, covering a wide gamut. Of sports topics up there in the nation's capital. Wrap it up for you for a Tuesday afternoon when we
0: come back on the sports huddle. Their sixth straight division crown. Don't miss a moment of their pursuit here on the exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves, 1061 ESPN, Richmond. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> Oh, AJ's on
1: his A game already. I allude to one cliche, and there it was. They are who we thought they were, as I said when we were chatting with Dave Preston just a couple of moments ago about the lowly Washington Nationals. Dave also brought this up as we talked about the Bradley Beal deal, and he mentioned Kyle Kuzma, and Kuzma's made it official. He's declining his option with the Wizards, so he's going to become a free agent, and there goes another 20, 21 points or so off of the the Wizards roster and stat sheet and he'll get a pretty good deal out there and and you know he said what all players say and that is that it's not about the money but he really defined it when he said look I'm going to get paid regardless of where I go including here meaning Washington so he gets it and he's got some options out there and the Wizards continue to sink slower slower like the sun into the west. And that's it for us on a Tuesday afternoon on a sunless Tuesday afternoon. A lot of clouds and wind and some rain out there today. Hopefully not for tomorrow, though it does not look good. We are scheduled to be at Independence Golf Club for the first um, Women's Open of Virginia. Hopefully it'll go through. They'll dance around the raindrops and we'll be able to be there at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Wherever we are, we will be right here at 1061 ESPN with the Wednesday Sports Subtle. Thanks to Dennis Bickmeyer, Executive Director of the Henrico Sports and Entertainment Authority. We were out at the Henrico Sports and Events Center today. He filled us in on that. AJ, thanks. We'll talk to you tomorrow from somewhere at four o'clock with the next Sports up Here's how I pick my
4: numbers when i